Hello, and thank you for listening to the official Let's Digress audio podcast. My name is Adam. I am your host and primary talker person. For more information, jump over to the website, which is letsdigress.com. Uh, you can fill out a contact form there, maybe file a complaint or two, or, you know, constructive criticism or ideas for other things for me to go on rants and tangents about. I do like to talk to about random stuff. Um, if you've read anything on the website, you obviously know that. So today we're going to read from the blog, Wipe the Butt, a story of hope from the ambulance. For those of you keeping score at home, uh, I am a paramedic. I work full time as one for a 911 service doing ambulance runs and stuff, sick people, drama, whatever. Uh, so this happened to me one day, uh, for HIPAA compliance and whatnot, names and locations and pretty much everything about this entire story has been altered. So good luck sifting out what is and is not real. Dun, dun, dun. So without further ado, here we go. I was working on the ambulance one day. If you didn't pay attention, I just said that. My partner and I got a call for an elderly lady who had fallen and needed help up. It sounded like a typical lift assist run, or so we thought. Dun dun dun. Lift assist runs are usually pretty cut and dry. Generally, we show up, barge into the house like we own the place, at only after knocking profusely, because sometimes the fallen person can't normally open the door because they fell somewhere else in the house that's not right next to the door. Although one time I had this woman who fell, and like she was sitting up against the door, and her being like, a little plus sized, uh, we were unable to open the door because she had so much mass against it. Anyway, uh, and then once we get in the house, we play hide and seek for a while until we find them. Really, that's, that's what EMS is at its core, is one big game of hide and seek. So, once we found them, uh, we generally do a general assessment, check things, make sure they're not, like, getting ready to die or don't have any bones sticking out anywhere. You know, the, the important stuff. Um, and then we help them up and ask them a few more questions and ask if they want to go to the hospital or not and make sure they don't want to, if they don't want to. Um, so that that's, it's pretty cut and dry. It's just, you walk in, you talk to people, you do make sure they're not overly abnormal with stuff. Uh, so the that day on for this run the the lift assist was not as cut and dry as we wanted it to be and i mean that both literally and metaphorically speaking uh so the elderly lady who fell was your run-of-the-mill great-grandma edna uh most families have a great-grandma edna uh this family had great-grandma edna who we were on the run for uh except she had been lying on the floor for about 12 hours and only then it was discovered she's on the floor because her kids found her when they stopped by in the morning. Uh, yeah, this is when I did a work the day shift because I'm a night shifter through and through. So according to the kids and great grandma Edna, she fell in the bathroom from tripping over the rug the night before while walking back to her bedroom. Cause you know, elderly people always have rugs everywhere all through their house. I've yet to meet someone over the age of 60 who doesn't have any rugs in the house. 
So uh, we found her about seven feet away from the bathroom in the entryway of the bedroom. So she's just kind of like in between the doorway. She said she crawled there during the night after falling or something like that. She she somehow made it from the bathroom to the doorway. Uh, so we were, we were being escorted into the house or into where Edna was by the very concerned family. Uh, and there she's just lying there on the floor. Uh, she's awake and alert and very talkative. Really, she's quite spry for, for being as elderly as she was. She's kind of like Betty White, uh, but not as in pristine physical health, obviously, because Betty White doesn't fall. I'm pretty sure she'd wobble like a weeble, so she just doesn't fall over. So we, we asked Grandma Edna, or Great Grandma Edna, the usual questions. The, how do you feel? What happened? Do you hurt anywhere? Did you hit your head? Does your head, neck, or back hurt? Maybe your spine. Does that hurt? Does your belly hurt? Are you dizzy, lightheaded? Blah, blah, blah. She said no. She didn't have any impressive complaints or anything obviously injured or wrong with her. So we helped her up and started our next round of questions. Such as, but not limited to, how do you feel now? Do you hurt anywhere? Are you having trouble breathing? Do you have chest pain, dizziness, lightheadedness, vision problems, blah, blah, blah. Great-grandma Edna still denied any complaints for the most part, but she wanted to go to the hospital to get looked at anyway, just to be on the safe side, because, you know, elderly people tend to break easier than not elderly people. So, what she said next was every ambulance person's worst nightmare. Well, okay, maybe not the worst nightmare, but certainly on the top ten list. She said she had to poop. Now, if if there's one thing us EMS folk are good at, it's avoiding poop. Uh, but anyway, according to her, the previous day she had been having trouble with diarrhea. So she took a bunch of Pepto-Bismol, which essentially corked up her internal plumbing for several, several hours. Uh, most cot jockeys, that's also what I call us ambulance people, uh, would say something like, well, we're just around the corner from the hospital. So how about we get you into the ambulance really quick and you can take care of that at the hospital. Nurses love that stuff. Really, nurses do. They, they love bodily fluids. Um, so we, we either say something like that or try to come up with some other reasonable excuse to not have to deal with the bodily fluids. So, uh, no, no, no. Great grandma Edna said she had to go then, right then life or death. She had to go right then. So she walked into the bathroom with a little bit of our help and thankfully she made it onto the toilet. So my, my partner and I, we, we stepped in the hallway to do that whole privacy thing. We're very lucky that she made it onto the toilet because normally when, when working on the ambulance, people say they have to poop. They don't give you the 10-minute warning or the 2-minute warning. It's a, I have to poop. Oh, by the way, it started coming out on me 30 seconds ago. And it's just, it's you. So, uh, a few minutes later, we went back inside the bathroom and it was like that one scene from Daddy Daycare where like they, they stick their heads into the bathroom and look up and it's on the ceiling and on the walls and just all over the place. And really the best way to describe what had happened uh, would be to say that several potato-sized Pepto-Bismol infused pipe bombs exploded. Like, in, we're talking like multiple exploding potatoes here. It was it was really, really bad. Impressive, but horrible. Um, so at this point, most cot jockeys, ambulance people, I really need to find a better and more creative phrase. Uh, we would try to hurry up and get great grandma Edna's pants back on and, and completely avoid any butt wiping at all. Like we would just cover up with extra blankets because super, super top secret tool to trade. 
the more blankets you put on someone, the less the smell gets out. Yeah. So if you ever have somebody pick you up in an ambulance and they cover you with a lot of blankets, it's either really cold outside, you're really cold, or you just smell really, really bad. So, um, anyway, so we, we, we tried to, to go that route, but no, my partner was awesome. She went the extra mile, which is really more like several extra miles. Um, so great grandma Edna was still a little on the weak side from being on the floor for so long and wasn't able to, uh, adequately clean herself. And as I already mentioned at this point, most ambulance people would just pull up the pants and scurry over to the hospital to avoid as much poop and whatnot as possible, but not my partner. Uh, she cleaned great grandma Edna up. She really, she cleaned her up very, very well. Um, during most of the cleanup, I was outside getting the stretcher and, and the truck ready to leave. Uh, when I came back inside, uh, great grandma Edna was nearly spotless along with the toilet area of her bathroom, uh, and her soiled clothes that were caught in the crossfire, uh, were also sealed tight in a plastic bag. So my, my partner really did go above and beyond with this one because this was just gross. Um, so we, we helped great grandma Edna on the stretcher and, and made her quick way to the hospital. I think she's like a two or three blanket person, but that's, she didn't really smell after that ordeal. Anyway, um, I don't know what happened to great grandma Edna after we dropped her off at the ED, but I know that what my partner did left the lasting impression on the family and on myself. Oh, and I almost forgot while we were in the house and I was on my way to grab the stretcher, the family asked me what was going on in the bathroom because the family always asks what's going on. Usually. Sometimes. Most of the time. Anyway, I told them about the, the, the Pepto-Bismol bomb and the state of the bathroom and that my partner was cleaning great-grandma Edna up. And then with equally surprised facial expressions and voices, they said, She's cleaning her up? I didn't know you guys did that. She is so sweet, referring to my partner. She must be a really good person. And then they went on and on about how sweet and stuff that was of my partner doing how above and beyond it was also. Uh, so that's the very, very short paraphrase of what uh, they said, even though, well, I guess not really paraphrase. It's just more, more a, a snippet of what they actually said, because that would have been a couple more paragraphs to talk about, which I could have made up for by now if I, without the explanation, if I replaced the, anyway, so, um, my partner was awesome. The situation was was just upsetting. And then we we dropped her off. It was delightful. So the I say that entirely long and in in poopy story for this. There is a silver lining. Oh yes, here's the part where the the dramatic music fades in and I tell you what the meaning of life is. And it's ice cream. No, it's not. Well, Frosty's nope okay anyway so lately I mean lately is in over the past like couple of years at least that I've started to pay attention to probably have probably is going on way before then but I just started to notice it myself um there have been numerous articles and blog posts about EMS all over social media and most of them are depressing and stupid they've been about the diagnosed PTSD after extended periods of time on the job the burnout the trauma EMS personnel see how the general public just doesn't get it, and the 
frighteningly high divorce rates among EMS, aside from the high divorce rates among most relationships in general. Um, actually, I read somewhere a while back, I don't remember where I read it, but I read that uh, EMS is supposed to have one of the highest divorce rates, like it's supposed to be right up there with, with law enforcement. So, then there's the mental illness associated with the EMS stuff and the other drawbacks, like late runs that always happen whenever you have plans right after work, which is why you never, ever schedule stuff after work unless there's it's unless it's at least two hours after work. So, it's all been very depressing to read about and whatnot. Um, but worst of all, the articles usually connect all of that that to how less than professional behavior is okay. So forget about even attempting to go the extra mile altogether, uh, but it's about how less than professional behavior is okay or even deserved. Um, like how since the, the, the patient or the family did this bad thing, then this other equally less than professional thing that you do is, is okay and justifiable. It's, it's kind of messed up. It's like, oh, you have your femur sticking out through your thigh. Uh, well, that happened while you were punching a kitten in the face with a frying pan, then you fell off the ledge and broke your leg. Uh, you just, you don't deserve pain medicine. So I'm not going to give you any pain medicine for that because you're punching a kitten in the face with the frying pan. So it's, it's all that, that's bad. Like the, uh, of course you shouldn't punch kittens in the face with frying pans, but that, doesn't mean as the EMS provider you can't not or you shouldn't not give pain medicine because you disagreed with something someone else did. So because why bad behavior is bad behavior no matter what the other factors are. Uh, boils ba- It basically boils down to an ownership and entitlement issue which is on a, on a bigger scale is more of a character problem and character problems can be corrected but that's a different rant for a different time. Uh, so for my fellow cot jockeys, there is hope. The small acts of extra kindness we do does make a difference. People do notice, even if they don't realize it right then. And most of the time, we're not even around to hear people talk about the good things, especially not during a 911 run when the patients think that they're going to die or when they think a loved one's going to die. And I mean, not to mention that acts of kindness just aren't as entertaining to talk about as acts of bad behavior. I mean, really, who wants to talk about how the the ambulance crew or law enforcement or whoever behaved like they were supposed to? It's not fun to talk about how they acted like they're supposed to. They did a good job. That's not fun to talk about. It's more fun to talk about the stupid stuff and the bad stuff they do. Well, not necessarily more fun. It's easier. It's more of a challenge to have to always to, to talk about the good things. But I guess that applies elsewhere in life also. Epiphany! So... And and until my, my partner actually reads this from that day, um, she had no idea of any of this conversation. I might have forgot to mention the family's compliments and stuff to her. But I told her later when I remembered after I wrote all of this. Um, and then for everyone else who calls 911, please don't poop around us if it's avoidable. Save that for the hospital or for the bathroom at your local Taco Bell. Because we don't like poop. Or bodily fluids, mainly poop though. We don't like to be we don't like to be poop peed or puked on. Those are the three ones. You can bleed everywhere. That's okay. Just just no puking on us, peeing on us, or pooping on us. 
please. And don't put your feet on us either. That's really gross too. Even if you have shoes on, it's just rude. Oh, and uh, also for those of you get home curious, we do not generally carry beverages on the ambulance. If I had a nickel for every time I've been asked if I had something somebody could drink on the truck, I would have several, several nickels, at least 25 cents worth of nickels. Yeah. Yeah. Solid 25 cents worth at least, but no, we don't carry beverages on the trucks normally and sterile water just doesn't taste good to drink. Not that I know from personal experience or anything, uh, but it just, it's no, just, just don't. So it was, oh no, it was, it was a good run. Um, things were awesome and it all ended up well and stuff. And that concludes this episode of Let's Digress. There will be music in the background by now, I think. Maybe. Maybe